Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. So you finally made a name for yourself. Congratulations. But how do you get your name out to the world? Turn to World Star PR. The caring, honest, and invested team at World Star PR will get you maximum exposure through podcasts, TV, radio, amazing press releases, and red carpet events. They'll ensure that you are worldwide. Jimmy Starr, entertainment guru, and Eileen Shapiro, rock star journalist, will give you the world. So come join the likes of legendary actor Ron Russell, iconic musicians Scott Page and Fred Schneider, world-class designer Sue Wong, TV personality Mickey Burns, and so many more. Check them out on Facebook or on their website, jimmystarsworld.com slash worldstarpr. Worldstar PR, where the world revolves around you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of The Leo Effects. Now, tonight's guest has a lot of just amazing stuff that I want to talk about. It's more of a serious note than I usually do on the show, and, and that's good sometimes. It's nice to stay grounded a little bit. But I can relate very personally to what he's got going on. But I'd like to introduce my guest for this evening, Mr. Andy Gladstein. How are you, sir? Hi, Ray. How are you tonight? I'm doing very well. You know, things wrapped up to a, a beautiful day with hanging out with you and, and talking about a very important topic to get out there. Yeah, we think so. We think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we'll, let's jump right into it and, and talk about it. And, you know, we'll, we'll start, start at the beginning. And, uh, so you're here to talk about your organization and, you know, I'm not going to steal your thunder away by, you know, announcing the name or anything like that. I'll leave that to you. But why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners what it is? Like, what's the organization and what's it all about? Sure, sure. And you, and you wouldn't be butchering it, trust me. Um, <laughs> the, the organization is called Dogs for Our Brave. And Dogs for Our Brave was started about four and a half years ago. Uh, we have a small little summer home in Coronado, California, which is also home to the Navy SEAL base. Uh-huh. And, and I threw a, a, a meeting with a, with a gentleman who ran, ran all the SEALs, running the means he was in, in charge of them. Uh, we became fast friends. And I was commiserating that I had to figure out what to get my wife for our 37th wedding anniversary. And he said, we'll get her a dog, have it trained for a veteran who's come back from the war on terror, who's lost his limbs. And I was kind of dumbfounded. Uh, I was like, wow, I, geez, how do I do that? And his response back was, I have no idea. You figure it out. <laughs> so so it, the, the idea stuck with me because, of course, I was thinking about a necklace or a bracelet. And uh, his wife, who was sitting with us, said, well, you can get her that, too but get a dog in addition to it. Uh, and, and I did it. Uh, I found a breeder, uh, got a beautiful white Labrador retriever, found a, a trainer at the time who said they were experts in training service dogs. And uh, off we went. We started uh, the training of this beautiful dog uh, for, for a veteran who'd come back from Afghanistan or Iraq uh, 
missing legs or arms or a combination of both. And that's how the organization started. That's amazing. Why why did you decide to just keep going with it after, you know, the the gift part of it was over because it, it had such a deep meaning to you? Well, you know, when you meet these young men and women, Ray, and realize we're here today, we're free because of the sacrifices they give to keep us free. And when you've got uh, a, a guy or a lady coming back after a tour and the Veterans Administration really doesn't treat them very well, at, at least in my opinion. And I, I think I have the majority opinion. Uh, and you want to help them any way you can and you become, you become friends with them. You hear about their, their problems and their challenges. Uh, and we have one gentleman, the first gentleman we, we work with um, was Sergeant Andrew Smith who lives outside of Chattanooga and he lost both his legs in an IED bomb, and I mean, he wasn't supposed to live. Uh, wow. And I became I became friends with him and his wife, and when my friends saw what we were doing, they said, hey, can you help me get a dog for my wife too? And that was parroted over time to the point where I'm like, well, you know, I, geez, I, I don't know how to do this. This isn't my, my area of expertise. So my wife and I said, hey, let's just start a little charity and see if we can make this grow to something that really makes a difference. And when you realize how many of these guys come back who have lost limbs, who come back with severe PTSD and TBI and TBI is traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you, when you see these guys and ladies come back and they're really not treated very nicely uh, by our veterans administration, you want to help. You want to be part of their lives. You want to be part of what makes them appreciate uh, a, a wonderful dog that becomes their best friend. Um, it's 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 just a wonderful feeling when you actually have the the what we call a vest ceremony, and you turn the dog over to the to veteran, and the dog immediately knows he's doing something or she's doing something good. Nice. They're very intuitive and. You just you just get this warm, wonderful feeling, uh, and and we've got double amputees, single amputees, guys with severe PTSD and TBI, um, lady who has lost a leg. Um, it, it's it's just, and, and we don't say you have to have come back from the war on terror. Uh, if you wore the uniform, you're eligible to get a dog. I see. I so see. that's yeah, that's kind of the a nutshell. What what the organization is? Okay, and what exactly is a service dog for anybody that might not know? Um, a service dog is not a pet. A service dog is a dog which is trained, and we train each dog for an individual service member for what they need. So, if we're training it for a gentleman in Jacksonville who lost both his legs, he was an EOD tech, which is explosive ordnance disposal. Uh, he lost both his legs right below the hips, so he can't wear prosthetic legs. So he's confined to a wheelchair. Our, our dogs are trained to pick anything up he wants, open refrigerator doors, turn light switches on and off. Uh, they can go to the refrigerator and get a drink for them if they're having a, a, a maybe they're diabetic and they need orange juice. Um, the dog can go get pills for them. The dog can push or pull wheelchairs. 
Uh, it, there's over 85 tasks we have that we've identified for, I mean, the same guy who, you can't give a dog, let me rephrase that. <clears throat> you don't want to give a dog to somebody who hasn't lost their limbs, who's got severe PTSD, that's been trained to pick things up and bring things back and get things for them, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Can we any dog, dog be a service dog? No, no. It, it takes, you have to have the right temperament dog. Um, small dogs don't work because small dogs can't pull wheelchairs. Mm, um, yeah, you, yeah. you have to be able to, I'm sorry? <laughs> I was just saying, yeah, yeah, I can, that makes sense. Yeah, we, we, we have um, nightmare interruption training we do. A lot of our veterans have severe nightmares and our dogs are trained to jump up on the bed pull the covers off of them, lick their face, wake them up uh, when they're having these bad nightmares. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. Um, a lot of times veterans, when they're very stressed out and very depressed, will put their hands over their face. That's a trigger for one of, for our dog to go over and nuzzle their hands away from their face and get them out of that funk, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are... Just a, our dogs can dial nine one one. We can train them to do that. Obviously, it's a special phone. What? Right. Uh, but we can train them. There's not much the dog can't do. And uh, I, I've seen the the trainers working with different veterans, and it, it's it's a wonderful feeling to know you're helping somebody who maybe they're alone, maybe they're a shut in. Uh, they don't want to leave their house. They're scared to go out in public. Uh, we have one gentleman working with now that's that's that way, and he. I went and visited him last week in St. Louis, outside St. Louis, and he said, "You have no idea what this dog is going to do for my life. It's going to actually give me my life back because the dog will go out in public with him, go to the store with him, go to the movie theater if he wants, uh, grocery stores, malls. There's not much the dog can't do, and it's all to help the veteran." live a more fulfilled life. That's amazing. That's so cool that, that you have, and do you help train them personally? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't, have, I don't have the patience. I don't have the knowledge or the patience. Our trainers have to be certified, of course. Um, but not, not to, uh, just to, to deflect for a second, people don't realize that 22 veterans a day take their own lives. Mm-hmm. 22 a day. And the VA sweeps it under the rug. Nobody really talks about it. Uh, that's over 8,000 veterans a year, U.S. soldiers, Navy, Air Force, that are taking their lives because of depression, PTSD, uh, not, not being able to, to be in public or be around people. Um, it's a horrible statistic. And we're a very, very, very small part of trying to knock that number down. That's our goal. And it's an amazing goal that that's, I think that's something that really needs to be kind of highlighted and addressed a little bit more. Cause you're absolutely right. That is an astronomical number to have taking their life. Like somebody that fought so hard and did so much just to, you know, survive their trials and tribulations just to end their own lives. Well, it's, you know, they're, they're very troubled by what they've seen and what they've heard and, we have a veteran, um, unnamed veteran in the South, who's in line for a dog from us. Um, and by the way, it costs us about twenty-five thousand dollars to train a service dog, and it takes 
12 to 18 months to do it. So it's not you just go get a dog and train it and give it to a veteran. They have to be well-trained. Uh, otherwise, you're doing a disservice to the veteran. Mm-hmm. But we have a, a gentleman, and one, one of our, our recipients uh, keeps in touch with a fellow Marine in the South. Uh, they've been talking three or four times a week for five years, and one of them has a family of five. The other one is by himself. And they're always talking. And I was driving from Indianapolis to St. Louis a couple months ago. And the one who was a recipient of ours already, when I call him, he, he answers the phone right away. Or he returns my call pretty quickly. And he didn't. And he texted me, can't talk. And I called about a half an hour later and said, call later. His text was. And I'm like, wow, this is just not like him at all. Turns out the gentleman he was close to who he'd never met, by the way, Ray, but they were, they're brothers because they're both Marines. They both understand what they're going through. Um, he, they were having a conversation, and one of them, the one in the South, said, hey, brother, thank you for what you've done for me for the last five years. Love you. Click. Hung the phone up. And yeah. the gentleman who, who has a dog from us knew right away. He goes, okay, this is not good. Tried to call back, no answer. Called 911 in his city, in the the other gentleman's city, uh, operator answered. He said, I think my Marine buddy is going to commit suicide. Please do a welfare check immediately. And somehow they got the police there in under two minutes. And they did a one knock, no answer, kicked the door in, and the gentleman was hanging. And they cut him down, got him to the ER. He, he lived. He's obviously in, in therapy. Uh, but he can't wait to get a dog from us because he knows that's going to be a companion that won't judge him, uh, that'll be there by his side 24-7. And when I talked to the guy in, in, who already has a dog from us who lives in Ohio, he said, Mr. G, this is a daily deal for me and for Marines and for the Army and for all the servicemen. The ones that have severe PTSD, this goes on every single day. I said, you're a hero. You are pure and simple a hero for what you did. He said, no. He goes, that's just what we do. People don't understand what we're going through. And you, we don't. You can't walk in their shoes. And it's very sad that, that these guys have to go through it. It's, it's horrendous, the, the things that they've seen. Uh, but if you can give them a little bit of hope and give them a service dog, we, we know a service dog saves lives. Pure and simple. End of discussion. 94, it's clinically proven 94% of the time a veteran will not take their life if they have a service dog. Wow. So that's an amazing, yeah, that's statistic. kind of a, it really is. It was a Washington post article a couple of years ago that I found and, uh, it's a, a proven clinical fact. So we knew, you know, we knew deep down this dogs do wonderful things for these, these veterans. Uh, we just never realized somebody was, <laughs> did a clinical study on it and figured out how, how important it really is and how worthwhile it is yeah like huh and how many of these service dogs have you gotten out to veterans already um you know it's it's kind of a moving number ray and i'm I'm, not to be evasive but one of our rules is you can't have another dog in the house because that dog will teach our dog bad tricks Mm -hmm. so we've had veterans we've given to and they'll call up a couple weeks a month two months later and say hey, your dog's not getting along with my dog. And we're like, what are you talking about? You're not allowed to have another dog. 
Oh, right. Uh, well, my wife won't get rid of her old dog, so come get your dog. Oh, so wow. it's it's yeah, it's it's really sad. And then of course a year later, the same guy calls back and goes, "Hey, can I get back in line? Our dog passed away. I, I really need a service dog." I said, "Well, I know you do. You're a double amputee, and our dog was really well trained, but." Joe Smith has it now. <clears throat> you know, we repurposed it to another veteran. So the, the true number is probably about 12 or 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we, have, we have eight dogs in training right now. Uh, we just recently, well, in the last year, uh, bought a training center. Uh, my wife bought a training center as a gift to us. And uh, one of the other things we do that I think is important, we don't buy any dogs. We, all, we res- only rescue dogs. Uh, and we have some that are donated from litters, but it really takes a special dog with a special constitution to be a service dog. Um, we try not to get dogs that are inherently aggressive, uh, although we have a couple that we, we, we've worked with that turned out to be wonderful. But there are certain dogs that are trained to protect inherently in, in their DNA, and usually they turn out to be a little bit too rough to be a really good service dog, although there are exceptions. Right, right. What's your favorite part about this organization? Oh, that's getting to know these guys and knowing what we're doing to help them and having them call me and, you know, a lot of them you know, just break down in tears. I, I, I would have eaten a bullet if I didn't have your dog. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, don't, t- don't say that. No, I'm serious. I was ready to eat a bullet. And I'm like, wow. You, you know, just... You, you, you save lives. Um, we have we have a number of, of veterans who are double amputees. Uh, we have one who spent four and a half years, four and a half years, Ray, inpatient at Walter Reed from his injuries from the IED explosion. And when he got out, he said, Mr. G, I was a pretty angry guy because my life was turned upside down. Uh, he looked, he, you know, he said, hey, nobody really wants this. And he points to himself sitting in a wheelchair. And I, you know, you, how do you respond to that? You, you know, of course somebody wants you. There's somebody for everybody. Right. But they really, they get down on themselves. They get very depressed. Uh, and the dogs, this one gentleman, he said, every time I raise my voice, my dog comes up and makes me pet her until my voice comes down. Hmm. Uh, we don't. We didn't train the dog to do that. By the way, that was instinctive by the dog. That's because he knew his. Cool. Oh, it's very cool. Oh, it's wonderful. Are you kidding? Um, these 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 guys and these ladies get so attached to these animals. Um, it, it's just it's just amazing. Um, one of the things that we do that's a little different uh, than any other organization that trains service dogs. And there's some great organizations, by the way, that do wonderful. Wonderful dog training. But we learned early on, you get a guy coming back from the war, whether Afghanistan or Iraq, maybe he has a family. You give him a a dog that costs, for all intent and purposes, $25,000 to train. And you kind of slap your hands together and say, okay, here's your dog. Good luck. You put the dog and the service person in a really bad position. Because if the dog gets sick, what does the guy do? Does he pay rent that month? Because the VA only gives about $3,000 for a 100% disabled veteran, which is ridiculous. So you put them in a position where they're making a decision, do I pay my rent, take the dog to the vet? 
Do I pay my, do I put food on the table for my family or take a sick dog to the vet? So pretty early on, my wife and I realized we'd rather do this quality rather than quantity. So we pay for all the dogs food for life, all their pharmaceuticals, which are flea and tick, heartworm. And and I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it really does add up. Mm -hmm. And all veterinary care. We take care of all of it. So they have no burden whatsoever. That that's astounding. You know, it's very it's really cool. We really love it. We 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 protect the dog because the dog is it's an investment for us in the veteran. Yeah, and absolutely. I don't ever oh I don't want to put a, a, a veteran in a position of, you know, my dog really is really sick, but I can't take it to the vet because I can't afford it. That's not fair. Not fair to the dog or the veteran. So we kind of took that off the table so they wouldn't have to worry about that. And uh, we're really proud of how we did it. You should be. It's absolutely amazing, and it's such a noble cause. I I love it. Like, can you let the listeners know? Like, maybe do you? Is there a website that they can go to to find out more information? Or like, how does how does one contact uh, the organization itself? Well, if you're a veteran and you need a dog, we have a form you fill out, and. All the veterans know, if you go through the VA, it's about 15 inches thick. Ours is about two pages long, and it's very simple if you're looking for a dog. Uh, if you would like to donate or get involved, it's dogsforourbrave.com. Uh, it's F-O-R, dogs for, not the number four, but dogs for our brave, O-U-R. And uh, everything we do is 100% of the money goes towards training dogs. And, and paying for the trainers, absolutely 100%. We don't have any CEOs or CFOs or, you know, we don't, we're not having a lot of parties based <laughs> on how much money we raise. Gotcha. Which unfortunately some things have had. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's so great. Do you, are you on like the different social medias? Are you on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that? Um, you know, I, we are definitely on Facebook. Okay. Um, and, and we, we would love people to go on our, our Facebook page and like us. Um, I, I did have a talk about a year ago with a, a certain unnamed bank that wanted to get involved with us, and they said, oh, wait, you don't have enough Facebook followers. We can't give you any money. Wow. I was like, is this, is this what this is about? How many followers we have? We're doing the right thing. So, uh, you know, I, I it, it, it unfortunately – that's the way of the world now. How many Facebook followers you have or how many Twitter followers you have or Instagram followers. Uh, with, with a couple of the different platforms, from what I understand, Ray, you have to have almost somebody sitting there 24-7 responding. Right. That's very true. And, and we can't do that. I, I'm not going to spend the money to do that. We have an executive director who does a wonderful job filling grants out and taking care of the, the facility. We have a great head trainer. Uh, we have three, maybe four other trainers now because one trainer can only train two dogs at one time. That's the max. Gotcha. So it, you need a lot of trainers. Uh, you know, we, we, I figured out how can I get 8,000 dogs a year out the door? And I did the math, and it was only $300 million. But 8,000 dogs would save 8,000 lives. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, like I I totally agree with that 100%. But I'm going to put sure. the the links 
in the description of the podcast episode. That way the listeners can just click on the links and they can get over to Facebook to hopefully get you the likes. And, you know, they can, if they need a, a service companion, if they need, you know, someone to take care of them as as well as them taking care of the companion, you know, it's it's a symbiotic relationship. They can fill out the form and contact you. Uh, but I just want to say thanks so much, Andy, for coming on the show and telling me about Dogs for Our Brave. This has been absolutely amazing. I, I love it. As an Air Force veteran, I can only say thank you so much for what you're doing. Oh, you're, let me tell you, the thanks I get are the, the guys I, and ladies I deal with every day. But I will tell you one thing, and I had a conversation with a friend in a restaurant not too long ago. And he know we knew we were involved with our charity, but he really didn't know much about it. And he said what's the big deal with these dogs? And I said, well, eh, fair question. Are you worried about a bomb going off in here tonight? And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, answer my question. Are you worried about a bomb going off in here tonight in our in the restaurant we're in? He said, of course not. It doesn't happen here. Oh, really? Why not? And he got a little bit quiet. I said, it doesn't happen because we have these men and women who are heroes over in other countries keeping the bad guys from coming here. And when they come back and they've been hurt, we don't take care of them very well. And that's our job at Dogs for Our Brave is to help them get back into society and be parts of be a part of society because we don't worry about where we go out for dinner now. Other people in other countries, whether it's France, Belgium, Thailand, bombs are going off all the time in different cafes and restaurants and everywhere. We don't worry about that because we have heroes that protect us from that. And we need to take care of them. Absolutely. That that's it couldn't be said any better. But as it the thank show you. draws to our last minute here, again, I want to say thank you for coming on and, and talking to me today. It's it's been a pleasure. Ray, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting us get the word out. And uh dogsforourbrave.com. If anybody wants to donate, that's the only way we can get more dogs to veterans is is to is to get more money in. And that's of course very difficult nowadays. Yes, yes it is. That is true. So make sure listeners out there click on the links, donate, help support. I mean, there's many ways that you can help out. Just go to the sites, check these things out, get over to Facebook. All the links are in the podcast description. So check it out, please. Thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you all next time. (laughs) Now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.